0: Hey gamers! I'm that weird feeling of satisfaction and sadness you get after saving all of your items the entire game and then watching the credits roll having used none of them. It's me, Jason.
1: <laughs> like all the sad, sad, sad trauma in your past, I'm one of those encounters you just can't run away from. Casey.
2: Hi, when you encounter me, you have to choose gold or experience, never both. It's mm-hmm. Aiden.
1: And I'm that battle track that
3: slapped the first 50 times you heard it, but now it's starting to get a little annoying. It's me, Patrick. Welcome to RPGamers Season 3, Episode 11, a podcast about
0: encounters. Only a little annoying, Patrick? Not full-on yeah.
3: annoying? Okay. Well, that's like the hundredth time. I thought you were <laughs> going <laughs> to say
2: you were Chrono Cross. <laughs> <laughs> Zing! Oh, oh man.
3: <laughs> Casey, Casey just left the chat. Yeah, Casey's gone. <laughs> <Exactly>. <laughs> Goodbye. We are here to talk about what one of the things that makes games games, and that is all of the different ways that encounters can be encountered, because mm. there's no better way to describe that. But <laughs> before we actually get into the bulk of our topic, you may have noticed that we have another guest this season, and this time we have the author Aiden Moore is here. Welcome, Aiden. Well, hi, thank below. you. Uh
2: thanks so much for having me, guys. This is Awesome! Love talking about uh, video games and RPGs, so it's a it's a pleasure.
3: You love talking about it so much that you actually write a ton about these topics,
2: right? I, I do, I do. Yes, sort of fell backwards into that uh, a few years <laughs> ago after you know being a lifelong fan of the genre. I uh, I wrote a piece for Kotaku in 2019, I think, uh, and it was about the kind of intersection and the the inspiration uh, that. Japanese RPGs, like golden age Japanese RPGs, sort of gave to a new generation of younger science fiction and fantasy authors, and how mm-hmm. those authors. Uh, so I spoke to people like Tamsin Muir, who wrote uh, Gideon the Ninth. I spoke to Scott Lynch and and uh, a whole bunch of other people about how they were as inspired by people like Hironobu Sakaguchi, Yuji Horii, uh, as they were, you know, Ursula Le Guin or uh, Tolkien. And, uh, and from there, you know, it, people kind of resonated with that. And looking at the crossover culture between, you know, gaming, Japanese RPGs, books, but also, you know, gaming and parenting and, and storytelling mm-hmm. across mediums. Um, I found sort of a, a niche as a writer there. And, you know, I ran a blog for a long time about science fiction, fantasy books, and wrote sparingly about video games, because I didn't want to make a living writing about video games. I just wanted to enjoy them. But uh, I've had a lot of fun writing about them now. Uh, So much fun that I, I wrote a book last year called Fight Magic Items, which I think we will probably uh talk
3: about. I was going to point out one thing. I think it's uh, it's so funny because it's so right. Like, the more you work in the gaming industry, and I'm sure Casey and Jason can also very much attest to this, the less fun video games mm. sometimes feel.
1: Yeah,
3: 100%. <laughs> it can kind of sap
0: your joy sometimes.
3: But
1: it's, sometimes it can invigorate too.
2: Very
0: inversely related sometimes. <laughs>
2: Yeah, I mean, I've, I just want to say I like I specifically avoid like reviewing games, because that's what mm. happened with books for me. Mm. Is like I, you know, I ran a blog for seven or eight years, uh, reviewed a lot of books, and it, uh, it changed the way I read books, it changed the way I chose the books I wanted to read it changed the way I engaged with them. And, and at a point, it just became not fun anymore. And so I've been enjoying, uh, you know, not having to be a, a critic uh, anymore. Just, fair, just,
3: have a, just a bunch of guys being dudes having yeah. fun. <laughs> that's, right. that's
2: right. Like Final Fantasy 15. Right?
3: Yeah, there you go. That's basically the four of us right now. Mm-hmm. Um, let's talk about your book. Uh, we mm-hmm. have all read it. And I know we all talked before you were on here. And it, we definitely enjoyed it. Especially, I know, for all three of us, it was kind of like a, a retelling of our childhood in a way. But mm-hmm. why don't you explain to our viewers just like yeah. the, g- the gist of the book give them a little synopsis
2: yeah so it's called fight magic items the history of final fantasy dragon quest and the rise of japanese rpgs in the west um and very specifically like i wanted to tell the story of, of japanese rpgs and what makes them special and so uh-huh. you know i was there not from the very beginning i was too young really to be there when the first final fantasy and dragon quest games were, were coming out uh in the west i'm 39 but i was there for the super nintendo era and so I looked at that and I thought a lot about that Kotaku piece I was uh, talking about earlier and how special these games are to people in the same way that film or books or music really helps shape who we are and so I looked at that as sort of an inspiration for how to frame the narratives of, of these games not just looking at them as like you know technical pieces and telling a technical history not just regurgitating a bunch of Wikipedia articles but looking at these video games that have like changed people's lives have changed the genre um, but also the people who made them and play them. Looking at what it was that inspired Hironobu Sakaguchi, Yuji Horii, or Ryoko Kodama to create the games that they did, and then looking at the people who were inspired by those in turn, and, and are now making sort of modern uh, games inspired by Fantasy Star, Final Fantasy, um, and so it has a very personal touch to it. Um, I, you know, I pitched it when I first pitched it. It always said the title "Fight Magic Items." Uh, but the uh, the very first subtitle was A Personal History of Japanese RPGs. And that was an angle that was, you know, hard to find sometimes, uh, mixing mm-hmm. sort of memoir with, with recorded and reported history. Um, but I was really, really gratified with the way it came out. I had a very strong and passionate editorial team that helped me find that. Um, and that's been the number one source of like you know, positive feedback is people read it and like you're saying it, it, it feels like a trip down memory lane or people have described like, mm-hmm. you know, it feels like sitting at, you know, a bar with some beers across from your friend talking about your favorite games when you when you were teenagers or somebody else in a review said it was like the, you know, it was like the memories I never got a chance to make because all my friends loved fighting games and I never got to play the RPGs with them that I loved. And so, you know, I really wanted that personal touch that made people feel connected to the games. Um, And so that, you know, I brought in a lot of uh, developer interviews. I brought in a lot of, uh, you know, people close to the games industry, currently working journalists, writers uh, to talk about games as well and really show and you know, spill the beans on why these games are are so important. And so it, uh, but just like the subtitle says, it starts with these two series, Final Fantasy and Dragon Quest. And as it goes along, it follows those series to modern day and then touches in and looks at other games, other series, other events that are happening over the course of this history, and how they were impacted by Final Fantasy and, and Dragon Quest, or inspired by those games, or how, in turn, they shifted the direction of the genre. And Final Fantasy and Dragon Quest, you know, were maybe following then in, in new directions. And so, you know, the story always comes back to these two, uh, these two creative teams that created Final Fantasy, Dragon Quest, and and then Fantasy uh, Star as well bit of a, a lighter touch on fantasy star than, than the, the other two podcasts.
3: I was happy that it was there yeah. and I think the thing that drew me most to the book immediately was the fantasy star inspired cover. Yeah. Because it, it yeah, gives yeah. me very Isn't like that? Alice from Fantasy yeah, yeah. Star. Yeah, like I, I totally see that and love yeah. that. Um let's take some time and ask you a few questions though sure. about the books. And like we read it, I think this is a really good way to just kind of like hear your inside thoughts. And I think yeah. our listeners, just knowing our fan base would probably really love to pick up this novel as well. Um, Casey why don't we start with you yeah
1: totally so uh Aiden I really appreciated you ending the book talking about Fantasian because I don't think like many people have played that and I I I think they released it in two parts and I beat the first part and I -hmm. uh, it's actually one of the first I wrote like a personal piece about it on a on my own website before I really started diving into gaming journalism and it's kind of like what prompted me to sort of look in that direction but So I just wanted to first off say I was happy to see that included in there because it's a it's a really incredible game. Where do you think J- JRPGs are going to be? How are they going to be evolving in the next decade or so? Like,
2: I, Fantasian was such a perfect game to end the book with because it's very reflective of, like it's it's very much a personal project where Sakaguchi, uh, Hironova Sakaguchi, who created Final Fantasy and Fantasian, looks back at the games he created, the genre he helped create and define, and look at how you know like along the ways what did he do that was right and what did he do that was you know could have been done better and that's one of you know Fantasia is one of the games I want to talk about later in this episode Mm -hmm. because he plays with the way that you know combat encounters happen um and so I think like Japanese RPGs have evolved so much they started as these sort of strange like adaptations of western PC RPGs the way that sort of the triple a game space is going i think we're seeing all triple a games becoming the same game they're all third person mm-hmm. character open action world, games open world, dark yeah quests dark yeah very dark um you know light stat based rpg systems right uh god of war horizon final fantasy 16 like all of these games are very similar um but so I th- I feel like the AAA space is going to continue to converge like that. I'm very very mm-hmm. curious to see what Dragon Quest does with Dragon Quest 12 because it's traditionally been a very like conservative Game like Dragon right, Quest 11,
3: 11, is, it, Eleven Status, yeah, very the whole thing, right? So it's it's weird that they have their staple series and kind of like their experimental series. so yeah. I'm with you. I really hope Dragon Quest I'm stays curious. in its niche. Yeah, they tried. Yeah.
2: Remember Dragon Quest Nine? They tried to make it an action RPG, and there's a lot of backlash. So I see the AAA space sort of continuing to converge, right? Where like I don't, I don't. F- feel like Japanese RPG is like a binary label and it shouldn't be something that is a Japanese RPG or it's not. Like, I think that it's a series of inspirations. It's a vibe. It's a mm-hmm. a thing that, you know, modern games draw on as an inspiration, at least in the AAA space. But on the flip side, we're seeing so much success with indie studios, um, small developers in like, you know, the crowdfunding space. And I think that's where we're going to continue to see more like, you know, traditional turn-based Japanese RPGs that like are built in the mold of like the golden age games in the, oh, yeah, super, the, the super super sea, of sea of
3: Stars coming out in two is, months yeah. is like yeah. the Chrono Trigger, you know, yes. like inspired yeah. game. Yeah. Um yeah. And I think you know people are super looking forward to that because mm-hmm. like you said, it's hearkening back to what we already know we love. Yeah. So there's not really uh some like crazy I have to deliver something so unique. It's more yeah. I have to deliver something reminiscent. And I feel like yeah. those are com- two completely different beasts. Yes.
0: Well, I can I can ask a question that is completely the opposite of that because yes. <laughs> uh, mine is going to go to the beginning of the book, and yeah. uh, I I have a, a degree in history, but not video game history. But at this point, I probably could. But um, <laughs> I also base a lot of my like judgments on games on the to like D and D and where it starts D- yeah. Dungeons the Dragons for the uninitiated. Yeah. Um, so I'm glad you brought that up, and I'm glad that you referenced it with uh, Wizardry, Ultima, those old games, uh, yeah. which were definitely before my time, but also getting back to play them and respecting the genre from where it came from and where it started. Yeah. Uh, So I wanted to see if you had like a similar vibe for me growing up where I kind of was given video games, especially RPGs in the form of the first Final Fantasy and the first Dragon Quest on NES around the exact same time. I also played Dungeons and Dragons. So I made the connections and I could see like, okay, this is really similar how you level up, how you grind, how you get weapons, so on and so forth. But like, I think I started to steer towards loving games more and i think yeah. it was because of just the the fantasy element i didn't have to think of so it was yeah. just it was already there on sure. like on my screen yeah. so i guess my question for you is um did you feel something similar with how you kind of developed your liking for those systems in in games was it based on your liking of dnd did it come from learning final fantasy first and then hearkening back and thinking oh this is cool and then you got yeah. more into it like how did you kind of develop that sort of um I don't know scholarly approach to uh uh, games like that
2: yeah so when I first like the very first like RPG or Japanese RPG I played was Final Fantasy uh Legend 2 on the Game Boy Game Boy Uh, which was like a a, it was a Kawazu game Kawazu is a a, one of the original like very early on Square employees who's known for making sort of irritating uh, you know (laughs) weirdly Um, difficult games
0: or something (laughs) strange yeah (laughs) Yeah, you
2: guys i mean on your final fantasy episode you guys were going on Mm -hmm. and on about final fantasy 2 and he he did the battle like systems and stuff Mm -hmm. and that Uh, anyway so it's like it's a really not a good first rpg and i you know i played it on my friend's cousin's game board and i was like "Eh, i'll go back i like i, I just want to play in ninja turtles or super oh. mario <laughs> too. and so like i wasn't drawn in by the mechanics early on that wasn't something that appealed to me i was i was into stuff like platformers uh i played a lot of tetris um mm-hmm. i grew up in a small community um on a small island and so i was also outdoors adventuring a lot as well and so like i think you know I was looking for something different when I was playing games. Uh, My real gateway to like gaming in a fantasy space, though, was Magic the Gathering, even before Dungeons and Dragons. And that's sort of like when I was a kid, I also didn't like fantasy, like until grade six and a grade six started grade seven when I discovered um, Tolkien. And so I, you know, I liked Magic the Gathering. I thought fantasy was sort of like, lame i liked science fiction a lot and mm-hmm. and rpgs weren't really given science you know giving uh you know science fictiony vibes so i finally discovered fantasy and and enjoyed that and then it was you know like final fantasy six that my babysitter brought over one night and he put my little brothers to bed and and we stayed up late playing it and i just like that was it for me maybe it was a steampunky vibe that man is a saint Mm yes yeah oh yeah (laughs) absolutely (laughs) you know changed my life like quite literally um and i remember like you know like escaping into the mines and the first time Mm -hmm. i was just watching him but the first time he stepped on the first save spot and like the screen flashes blue and there's like this warm sound like ding sound um and I was like, oh, this is this is it. Like, this is, <laughs> this is the moment. I get this it. The, so like, yeah. And like what drew me, though, was the narrative aspect of it. Because yeah. I was like, oh, this is like a game. is like a fantasy book because I was like mm-hmm. knee deep into Tolkien and Terry Brooks at that point. And I was like, this is a fantasy book that I can play. Yeah. Um, it was not long after that that me and my friends got into stuff like, you know, Magic the Gathering did lead us to Dungeons and Dragons. And so, mm-hmm. you know, like it was all through that period that we were discovering you know rpgs we were discovering magic the gathering we were discovering dungeons and dragons and all of that all at the same point and so yeah like i think the systems it wasn't necessarily the systems and that like the gameplay uh, that was reminiscent or drew me in um it was the story it was the narrative stuff cool. that i just like I, I was like how does this exist like i get to play the game i get to be in the story i get to be mm-hmm. you know an active participant in the narrative
0: nice
2: which, of course, Dungeons & Dragons is great at, too. And, that, yeah. you know, and I love that about Dungeons & Dragons. That's the, the name road. of the game. Yeah, yeah, exactly. <laughs> exactly.
3: All right, Patrick, I'll wrap up our little book discussion. So Casey asked something about the end of the book, <laughs> and Jason asked something about the beginning of the book. This was so not planned I have... beforehand, I swear. No, it was not, but it worked out perfectly. Yeah. I'm going to throw something in about the middle. Um, you have a ton of little vignettes of different mm. games that pop up. Um, in your discussion through the history and they might be something that is going on with the time period that you're talking about or it might be something that harkens to a system Mm -hmm. that was implemented that you're talking about. Uh, What I want to know is what was the one game that you wish you could have spent more time on that you didn't get to in this novel? Oh, good
2: question. Uh, Yeah, that's a great question. Um, I'll I'll give you a two-part answer. The first one is that... I wasn't planning on writing as much as I did about Fantasy Star because I I didn't have a Genesis. I didn't have a master system growing up. So I I, I, it's a bit of a you know, I've played a a fair bit of Fantasy Star 4, but it was one that I had to do a bunch of research on. I was like, I know this is important. I I need to include it. Mm -hmm. But as I got into the book, I was like, oh, I don't just need to include this. I need to tell the story of how this series was created and the people who created it. And so that was one that I was like, okay, I I need to make room for it. Uh, There were so many others that I would have loved to have had more room for um, I pitched the book at 70,000 words I, I uh, delivered it at 120 <laughs> it uh, oh, wow. it published at 110 so you know I was way over on word count uh, as it was yeah. I, I crammed as much as I could in there before my publisher would get mad um, <laughs> the one that I like I look at now and I look at the book and I could say you know the trails of series which I think is mm. is is interesting and obviously has sure. a, a strong niche audience and i write about trails in there but i don't have a lot of its history because i don't think it necessarily intersects with final fantasy and dragon quest in a way that like fit the the narrative shape of the book um not to say that they're not important and they haven't you know had an impact on the genre or fandom of the genre um you know, I could have written more about breath of fire. I could have written the whole book about chrono trigger. Like I could have just the whole 16 bit Eric and have has been chrono trigger. Uh, but I think the one series and the one game that like, I feel like if I wrote the book again in 10 years, the game series that I, I, I that would need to be in there that isn't in there now, it's a, more of the trails mm. in the sky and yeah. trails, of gold steel uh, games. That's a great
3: answer. Like, just because the games are so different than the rest of the series that you mentioned where they're they're the most connected. Like, that is... Anime, the world, or yeah, like, you know what I mean. Like, there's yeah. just all so much lore that goes into them. Yeah. And they're so mm-hmm. connected.
2: And I write, like, you know, I write a fair bit about suikoden and and Grandia. And I think I feel like the Trails games are like, you know, the the modern. I guess they're not really that modern anymore. But like, sort of the modern equivalent, or the like, you know, heir heir apparent to Grandia and, and suikoden And I feel mm-hmm. like it's having this upswell of support and like a growing fan base. And I feel like in 10 years, it's going to be like, okay, that's a game that like, you can't write a book about the history of this genre without, you know, really going into um, detail about trails.
3: Well, I think that was good. I think that was good. Little like snippet of your thought process. And some of the things that you mentioned in your book, we obviously don't want to spoil everything for our (laughs) listeners because I mean, I think anyone who listens to us would get like great joy from reading it, but thank you for sharing all that. Yeah. Thanks.
2: I always like talking about it it's fun yeah
0: uh so a reminder we're talking about encounters today all things encounters how we love them hate them and everything in between um and i'm not gonna lie um encounters aren't really why i got into rpgs i think uh like you aiden it was, it was a story i think it's good and for the most part I, I did kind of feel like oof sometimes encounters are a little rough um they're not they're not always the most fun um and that's kind of where, where i wanted to start so like how do we generally feel what's what's the vibe for this when we hear like encounters are we like yes or are we like dear God please get get away from me what do we think.
3: Uh, I think basically what my intro was where I listened listen <laughs> to the same goddamn song for the yeah. thousand, thousand, thousandth time. And I love it when games switch up their battle musics because that is something mm. for me. It's like, okay, I can go 10 more hours yes. of
0: this game. <laughs> <laughs> it's, it's the refresh you didn't know you needed.
3: It really is. <laughs> Thank you, Etrian Odyssey.
1: <laughs> Aiden, you mentioned in your book something about how playing video games and like hearing the battle music was, was really special. Like when we were kids because we didn't have YouTube then and we couldn't like yeah. go and listen. And so like, that's yeah. something that I enjoyed about random encounters because I, uh-huh. I just love video game music. Special shout out yeah. to man with a machine gun from final fantasy eight. <laughs> oh, uh, <laughs> so yeah. good. But, um, but yeah, overall, I think as a kid, I love them now, unless the, the encounter has like a specific, almost like strategic battle system i'm i'm a little Mm. less inclined to enjoy them Mm.
2: overall like it's funny you bring that up because just before we started recording i was watching a there's like a new 18 minute preview of final fantasy 16 and it's like Mm -hmm. dungeon crawling and it's just you know clive going through a mazy dungeon but like you know you you open the door and then there's a big open room and he fights some bad guys and then he defeats them and he moves on to the next room there's some bad guys and i was like ah like it's one of these games like yeah and i I like literally out loud to myself i was like ah like you know i just like i just don't really care for encounters i don't like that's not Mm -hmm. why i play rpgs that's not why i play japanese rpgs which is silly because like they've been baked into the experience from the beginning but um but for Mm -hmm. me it's like you know generally i can't get through them fast enough like i'm i'm playing trails in the sky fc right now on my vita the uh the vita version with the english translation and it has a fast forward on it yes. and it has auto battle so i just like i just jam the fast forward button on the easiest combat setting because i just like i just you know the draw is the character in the world's in the adventure to me um yeah you it's know it's funny that, that you
3: say that about final fantasy because um if we look back since it is like one of the earliest examples that we have of like how encounters are set up and you think over the course of 16 mainline games and all of the side stories <laughs> that it would change drastically but if you like what you just described and you're like in this big open cave and you just basically go from encounter to encounter is literally just the same thing as final fantasy one yeah. like Definitely. there's it's not much of a clear evolution it's just how the combat is handled not the encounter yeah. itself but like combat's different, encounter still the same. Yeah,
0: yeah, yeah. Yeah. But that like it does make sense though cuz I mean if if we're basing all this on um again to your book's credit for bringing it up to uh D&D wizardry, the foundation of these games, like what else is an RPG? Like like that is kind of where it comes from. Yeah. But I think we we have evolved, thank God, from like a gaming <laughs> society from the whole idea of the challenge is fighting the yeah. vampire.
2: D- D&D's interesting because like you know, I've listened to and started a lot of actual play podcasts for D and i always burn out really quick on the ones that are really mechanics and like combat focused when it's just uh-huh, dungeon uh-huh. crawling and fighting like i really like the narrative and character driven ones where most of the role playing is just you know them in town trying to figure out how to you know whatever <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> uh you know get, get across town so they can pick up their fourth member or whatever it's like you know um i think that we've seen a lot of games that have played around with the concept of like how to make combat important um but not overwhelming to your point i think there's a general consensus across like D players that like oh
0: i don't want to do a combat heavy thing because yeah. it's it's the base it's like there's yeah. stats and you run it but i think it takes more challenge for a dm and then like a game developer to get a mm-hmm. good story to bring in um like undertale like a yeah. game that really takes the idea of that and makes it feel different yeah you're still combat but it's it's different like the, yeah. it's a different approach to it and i think that's the harder thing to do
2: yeah and i think like the emotional stakes are increased mm-hmm. if you're fighting fewer battles right yeah like, exactly you know like if you're fighting constantly it kind of like you know yes yeah, not the same the di- fodder the, enemy over and yeah. over again yeah. are the dynasty warrior games like the most exciting <laughs> games in the world because you're fighting yeah. seven billion enemies like it's no, the best rpg not, right? ever like, yeah, yeah. <laughs> um and so i i do think like you know games that are able to figure out how to make the emotional stakes of combat um rewarding are are important um you you know we brought up fantasia earlier it has its like diamond diamond i don't know how to say it i don't know how to say it (laughs) uh but basically and this was like i I said like here in obusakaguchi like thinking about like how do we change this like how do we evolve this and he you know Uh created the system where when you're in a dungeon you can skip all the combat and say you know like so because he's like combat gets in the way of exploration right you don't want to go off the beaten path to find a chest with a potion in it if you're going to fight three com like three combat encounters along the way use two potions just to get there and so Uh you can save up all the the battles and then you can fight like this huge mass of of enemies at your leisure afterwards and so he he recognized that some people want to just play traditionally fight the battles along the way others just want to explore and compartmentalize like the combat aspect and the the you know the narrative aspect of, of rpgs and i thought that was interesting mm-hmm. as well you know like is it my favorite way to do it no not necessarily but i thought it was like interesting to see a you know somebody who was there at the very beginning being like hey you know 30 years later you know i can do this i can do better yeah
1: I also like with that system in Fantasia that the the battlefield gets peppered with uh, power ups that allow you to yeah. do more damage and to skip enemy yes. turns, so it would go by significantly yeah. faster than it would have yeah. had you stopped for each of those encounters on your way throughout uh, the dungeon. Yeah. And I think it yes. really, it really, it's a really great evolution of where we started.
2: It's hard to separate like combat and encounters, but I think like encounters as well can feel less tedious if you're rewarded for fighting smarter you know yeah. if it's faster like you know there's there's you know there's a lot of combat systems where like you get into combat and it's like okay another one and then you have to like jump through a bunch of hoops just to like like i think of final fantasy 13 it's like you get into another battle and you go through the same steps mm-hmm. to like break your enemy and do a bunch of damage and like it just just the grind just to it's get to the, the worst it, game <laughs> ever <laughs> it, it's yeah it's not it's not good uh, so like you know like i think if you want to have a lot of encounters they have to be really fast and reward the player in you know in a different way if you want something that's more intricate you need to make sure that your encounters are like more thoughtfully spread out and mm-hmm, placed out And I, mm-hmm. that's where i think something like uh cosmic star heroine does a really good job chrono triggers the best at it right because it like it paces out its its encounters in a way that like never feels overwhelming but gives you the resources that you need and everyone tells a different story um, yeah. every encounter starts in a different way the monsters jump out in a different way or they're, um, they're
3: like rolling one on a ball and yeah, yeah, like right? kicking them like yeah. a soccer ball and stuff like <laughs> so that there's, or, there's narrative
2: yeah. a- attached to it it's not just another random battle you know like mm-hmm. how many by the end of Persona 5 like you've fought so many battles and it's all the same you just switch into weaknesses and you know getting your one mores and knocking down and, and it just like it gets to a point where like why what like what am I, am I doing here this? if the mm-hmm. combat if those encounters aren't training you to beat a boss like or they aren't you know rewarding you for feeling smart because you you manage to get through it quickly like you know cut them down make sure that you, there are some you know, games though that human. i really
3: do feel like get us into this notion of evolution over the series on encounters though like what comes to my mind first is the wild arm series especially yeah. for two three and alter code f where You know, those are PS2, uh, late PS1 games, but you saw the encounter gauge where they literally put in a gauge to respect the player's time where if you didn't want to battle, you could cancel the battle before it started. Mm -hmm. And that was something that I always really appreciated because I feel like the designers really got it. They Um, respected your time. Yeah, yeah, they (laughs) they super respected Mm -hmm. their time. Or even like, I'm not the biggest Legends of Dragoon fan, but you Mm -hmm. saw some things... Um, letting you know an encounter was coming as opposed to just spontaneously popping yeah. up so you'd have like the color change of the cursor so like yeah. i think there are little things that developers yeah. are doing but what frustrates me is when we get to the current generation and how encounters are handled in that when we're seeing these remasters of some of these older games it's so frustrating that they know that old games were so tedious <laughs> that they just give you the option to either max damage <laughs> no yeah. encounters or tons of experience and for me like i like re- experiencing these older games but m- like you were saying how can we make it more impressionable or meaningful yeah. for these yeah. encounters yeah. i think I want-
0: that's a good that's a good point patrick i'm sorry um that's a good point patrick i think like in that idea like going back to the older times like i just don't think that development of games had gotten to the point where you had meaningful encounters so when you go back to uh my friend of mine replayed final fantasy 9 and i think there's an option where you can you could just be level 99 or something like that yeah. like mm-hmm. you could start really high and i'm just like oh interesting like why would you do that and then i'm watching him play it and i'm like I get why you would do that <laughs> because there's 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 no reason like I, i'm there for the story and I'm yeah a,
3: it's it's like story mode it's like playing a uh crpg on story mode now uh-huh, where like uh-huh. you didn't have that option back then so like people who just want to see the story they don't care about yeah, combat
0: they don't care about they, combat and like i mean i love nine it's like but that's also one. what youtube is for right like right, exactly why not just exactly it's just YouTube let's YouTube play it. It. <laughs> and I, I love nine and i will love it forever but when i look back i'm like you know the combat was fine but like i think i remember everything else more like i remember the yeah. characters I remember the, sto- I remember the story i remember the music like when i think of the combat i'm like yeah i had a cool fight song and like i don't really care about <laughs> i don't even think I remember everything else song. in it oh I just, when you were doing your thing in my mind i'm like playing like it's going <laughs> in my head uh, but yeah, I just I think that's that's kind of where it comes from.
2: Well, I, I think I, I want to get back to Wild Arms in a second, but um, I think mm-hmm. one one of the interesting uh, series to look at um, and I write about that I wrote a, just bef- before I published my book, I wrote a big, long history of Chrono Trigger called Timeless, uh, which you can find online. Um, and in there, I examine how. No, that was this was a separate piece. This this is a different piece I wrote about how <laughs> Chrono Cross wastes Cro- Chrono Trigger's uh, greatest gift, which is New Game Plus. And I, I play mm-hmm. I play Chrono Trigger all the time. I recently played through Chrono Cross using New Game Plus, using one of my old teenage you know save files. So I was like had ninety nine stars or whatever, <laughs> and I played through it, and I was like, man, like this game doesn't really isn't very satisfying to play through with New Game Plus because the story is just. It, it, what it is right it doesn't it's, it's baffling and doesn't make sense um and it's super pretentious and when that's all you're focused on like you get the audio mm. visual stuff which is obviously great in Chrono Cross, but like Chrono Cross doesn't hold up very well as like a visual novel it doesn't hold up very well as an as an adventure game which is essentially what a new game plus run is when you just right. plow through combat right like you don't have you can run from every battle in that game like if you're on new game plus like you don't have to fight anything except bosses um chrono trigger I mean, for the bosses. <laughs> yeah. Um chrono trigger on the other hand, you have new game plus and I have, you know, like high level characters on a new game plus file and like the experience of playing it the first time and playing it the second time are like they're almost different games. The first time is a fairly traditional RPG because you're taking time uh-huh. to, you know, fight combat, you're taking time to learn your, you know, spells, you have to use lower weaker spells in your repertoire by the time you hit new game plus so it's almost just like a you know an adventure game like an old school adventure game where it's a world that you're exploring you're going on quests you're speaking to people you're you know doing the plot but combat is a non-factor you never really think about it so it plays like you know not like a point-and-click adventure but like you know along those lines almost something like um Mm -hmm. you know uh like grim fandango like not even but like you know something where it's like very like you know about just exploration and and combat and like and that's really satisfying and chrono trigger holds up so well without combat whereas chrono cross Mm -hmm. is like oh i'm just here for kato's weird like you know fever dream and that's not very (laughs) satisfying and so like you know some games i do think are better with combat because chrono cross's combat is so interesting and when you're pushed to that limit and you have to your brain has to switch gears in chrono cross and you're you're focusing on it's fairly complex combat system it's tough bosses then by the time you're back to the story you're like your brain needs a break from from all of that and then once you've you know read through some of kato's story mm-hmm. you're like okay like please get me back to the combat it's so, like <laughs> it's just interesting to see how like removing combat from some of these games changes the experience in a positive mm-hmm. and a negative way as well mm-hmm
0: Okay, everyone, we have discussed a lot. We're going to take a quick break, grab some more water, get ready. We're going to be right back at you.
1: and
3: we're back from break and we spent quite a bit of time talking about RPGs but um encounters aren't exclusive for just RPGs like you get encounters in pretty much any kind of game you play um so i want to talk about this notion of like how do encounters look like when we're playing these regular adventure games whether that's your Mario's or your uh your action games like Devil May Cry God of War or even Resident Evil because Mm. there is some intentionality that comes into how your monster layout is set up right it's not like it's Mm -hmm. just monsters
0: go (laughs) Uh, me first me first me first so i think um i love i love talking about design and like aspect of games like this so i think with rpgs you tend to get a will loosely say open world idea but like you don't always know the path the player is going but in a game like um the older legends of legends of zelda legend of zeldas legends of zelda <laughs> i guess legends of zelda uh, in those games. Legends like, of Zeldas. <laughs> Legends of Zeldas. Yes. Leave this <laughs> in Legends <please>. of <laughs> Zeldas. Uh, you will uh you will know, like the developers know Link is coming down this path and he will encounter this boss. Um later on, like, you know, it's a little more freeform, like Tears of the Kingdom blows <laughs> the water. But like you definitely know where they're going. So you can develop a game with that in mind. So you know what will happen. He'll have these, this is how you beat the boss.
3: But there what hang be, on, hang on, because I want to get you on that real quick. Yeah. I would say that. Uh, Breath of the Wild and Tears of the Kingdom have less encounter design than any of the other Legends of Zeldas, where when you walk into a room for any of the Legends of Zeldas earlier, they think about, like, oh, we're gonna mix and match these monsters Mm -hmm. with each other. But, like, Breath of the Wild is very, like,
0: because it's so
3: open yeah. you can't really craft an experience does well, that make that, sense
0: that's that's i i agree with you like that's what i'm saying so with these older okay, okay, ones okay. The, the developers will know like they they can build the game knowing the player will experience this thing whereas in an rpg or like tears of the kingdom like they won't know what you're going to go in with so like mm-hmm. it, let's just say for example you don't yet have a bow so like if you don't have a bow in a boss fight you can create create a very unique experience where you have to get creative without using a bow but with an RPG, you might be level, I don't know, fricking 50 when you're supposed to be like 30 and you can just weigh on a boss. In Tears of the Kingdom, you, for that same experience, you can have a bow. So like, you know, they, it could be very different. Like, how do you make it differently? So I think that's the unique asp- aspect outside of RPGs with encounters is that if it's done really well, you get creative and unique experiences that exemplify the gameplay. And to not talk forever, I'll, I'll end it on God of War 2018. My One of my favorite games does it so well. Where it just develops the player skills as you go through yeah. the game. Mm-hmm. And like it, it makes it makes you play it in a certain way where you don't just yeah. again wail on the same thing over and over. You're not grinding.
2: You're you're doing something unique the developers yeah. intended you to do. I just beat god of war 2018 for the first time a couple months ago um and i think encounter design in that it's is fabulous it is a little like you know you walk into the room and you know there's going to be an encounter it's sort of like compartmentalized Mm -hmm. there's exploration Mm -hmm. and and combat encounters but they do it in a way that feels sort of natural in in the world um and i think that final fantasy 16 calling on god of war 2018 is a good sign that you know even if the changes in the way that they're like you know laying out and changing the combat i do hope that they are taking cues on how god of war designs the balance of of narrative and and combat encounters and how combat encounters the way that they happen the frequency that they happen uh ties into sort of the narrative that it's telling as well right yeah. um you have a kid that you're trying to protect and so there are times when atreus is like heavily involved in those encounters there's times when you know the encounter happens because of an action that he takes that's out of the player's control um mm-hmm. or there's times you know where you're basically trying to you know get him back and that that kind of stuff is, is really interesting when you're drawing narrative into combat encounters um which i think is really good there's a good um as well t- just touching on what you're saying about tears of the kingdom um i find the the Dark Souls, Dark Demon Souls, the Elden Ring games, really interesting. And um H Bomber guy has a good video on um Dark Souls 2. I think it's in his Dark Souls 2 video, um, where he talks about how like Dark Souls, you know, everybody loves it's like really labyrinthine uh and interconnected world design, right? Um, but he talks about how that kind of compromises Miyazaki's ability to craft those really hand uh-huh. like Mm -hmm. whittled down combat experiences because players can come at the combat from many different directions Mm -hmm. and sometimes you have to walk through and then backtrack and so you have this really like handcrafted combat experience for if you're coming you know face on but on the return village the like you know the archers are in a place that makes them you know harder or more annoying to deal with or way easier to deal with So the kind of seams in the game design start to show because of the interconnectedness and the like the reduced ability to really handcraft exactly how the player is going to be like, you know, in that situation when the encounter happens
1: just trying to compare like a turn-based rpg encounter system to something else it's just like apples and oranges but i really like it when a game offers up more stakes like you kind of mentioned yeah. like resident evil or just like horror games in general i like yeah. that fear like i, I think there is a, obviously a, there's a chance of like death in rpgs or turn-based rpgs but oftentimes you can run from the battle and sure you can run away in something like resident evil or amnesia, but like there's still, there's just a lot more stakes that I really personally love. I like that. anxiety. I don't like anxiety, but in in, in horror (laughs) games, I think it gets, it gets a slight pass. So I really enjoy the way that those games make me feel, I guess.
2: Yeah. Well, and the way that they can use like the environment as like a, part of combat or part of the encounter yeah, right yeah. like you have you know the very first resident evil like you're walking down the that hallway and those dogs jump out oh, and then all of yeah. it like not only does it like you know give you a heart attack but then you have to deal with these dogs and you don't have mm-hmm. many supplies or that first zombie you encounter you know you walk around a corner and that the you know the isometric like, fixed camera angle mm-hmm. uh, not isometric but the fixed camera angle like you walk around the corner and there's a zombie there and then like you don't you try to back up but you you know you get disoriented you like you know like that's so intentional right or they mm-hmm. put you in a situation not long after that where you've just walked up some stairs and then there's a zombie coming but there's stairs behind you there's a thin railing and so like you know that environment design can feed into that anxiety that you're talking about where you like you don't have options it's not a god of war <laughs> where
1: or you can you know, just where you
2: can them. just run around right. and you just yeah you know you're in a wrestling ring it's like you know like it's a very not like a place that's very not conducive to to combat and that makes it more tense and that you know like changes the way that each encounter against an enemy can feel even if it's the exact same enemy like it's not like resident evil has a lot of enemy uh variants right yeah um variety but the way that you encounter them changes the tactics you have to use the items you have to use um and also their strengths and weaknesses change based on that yeah yeah
3: i i think too like um Speaking of that, uh, you don't see that intentionality done in many Japanese RPGs, RPGs in general. I think CRPGs, you probably would see a little bit more intentionality in encounters, but not necessarily. Um, And I think that's where a part of that disappointment comes when we talk about how we encounter encounters because you just basically know I'm getting a line of monsters. They might be grouped in a certain way. And that's why action games or survival horrors are so much more exciting. Yeah. For me, I think one of the only ones that kind of breaks that genre And this is a game that, uh, I'm probably going to kill a bunch of, um, uh breath of fire fanboys are saying but like i love breath of fire dragon's quarter so much because mm. of how much it broke the mold mm-hmm. and that game like mixes so many good elements and it's one of the few times where i'm like when you get into an encounter the design is super intentional like monsters yeah. might be grouped together so you can throw a bomb or you might want to get a monster across a room so that way you can set up so Ryu you can tank and the other two can like set traps or whatever there's a lot of intentional design to it versus i walked across a screen <laughs> and i got hit with an encounter yeah. you know and yeah. now we're transitioning to this map that really doesn't mean anything at all so like it's it is there there are huge differences it is like you said casey apple and oranges but it makes encounters so much more exciting in non-rpgs than it does in rpgs
2: okay. i think the like flip side to all of this too is like strategy games where you have mm. control the whole thing combat, is right the like yeah. <laughs> yeah like you know you have final fantasy tactics or you have fire emblem and it's like you know there's story chunks and then there's combat and you essentially choose when you go into combat right you choose how mm. much time you spend prepping you choose you know how to lay out your characters at the beginning of combat. And it's like, you know, it's all about player choice and it's the opposite sort of of what we're describing about, like some of these uh, survival horror games or action games where like, you know, dark souls or Elden ring is intentionally trying to catch you off foot when you're not ready. Whereas, you know, mm-hmm. like you flip it into the, you know, the player's hands and, you know, they're as ready as they can be, but you as a designer can also throw, you know, everything at them and you can change, mm-hmm. you know, like they might've crafted the perfect team to, to, you know, beat the last stage, but now, you know, they think they're ready for the next one. They're, they think they're ready for the executioner's yard and they're just not. Right. <laughs> and so then the drawing board is like, Oh, okay. Like I just got like, you know, destroyed. Now, how do I prepare for, for that? And how do I know mm-hmm. when I'm ready to actually like, you know, do that encounter again? What changes do I need to make along the way?
3: Well, let's actually talk about that. Let's and shift the conversation a little bit to, um, <clears throat> instead of like how we hit encounters, um how they're set up because i think this is we've kind of touched on it a little bit i think naturally this is where the conversation boils to what do you think goes into a designer's head when we talk about balancing encounter difficulty in rpgs
0: um i that's i mean blah, 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 blah. what do i mean <laughs> it's 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 weird right i think it's, it's kind of the crux to like what makes a game a uh, fun enjoyable good or liked game um like how how you balance it cuz a game can be ruined you know if the experience is different what we're talking about if you come at it from a different angle that wasn't in- intended it can be not as fun um i think that you you tend to see these problems with like older games where like the difficulty was based in there's a line of monsters you have to beat yeah numbers more and more monsters
3: more and more monsters right right like
0: the the gameplay hook is number go up and don't get me wrong i love numbers go up but like (laughs) eventually i don't need that anymore
2: i think like looking back at sort of the the early japanese rpgs if we're specifically talking about those for a long time and sort of still now you have that town dungeon town dungeon town dungeon Mm, mm -hmm. structure and i think that was very much like a pacing thing right because they would gate progress behind i mean story beats of course but they would also gate progress behind difficulty because if you haven't leveled up enough in the previous dungeon and you haven't bought the new gear in the new town you're just not going to be able strong enough right yeah. and so like it tells you when you're not strong enough because you go into the next dungeon and you die you're like <laughs> okay i'm either too low of a level or i need to gear up and so you have that town dungeon structure as that has started to like you know evolve away from there you have interesting games like you know octopath traveler and octopath traveler 2 that gate you know the whole world is open right it's set up like the world looks like and it's structured like a a regular rpg like you know final fantasy there's towns there's dungeons there's field areas but um they're gated by difficulty and so like you know you could mm-hmm. theoretically go to any place in the the game if you could get through it. Uh, but, you you know, you're in your level 15 and the next area over is a level 36 area and you're probably just going to get wiped out in combat. And so, mm-hmm. you know, like using difficulty to kind of gate off areas to to tell the player you know subtly this is where you're supposed to be this is where you're not supposed to be is you know is a way i think that they were able to un you know decouple from that town dungeon structure um of the old school rpgs and give the player more freedom without also opening up the whole world right like breath of the wild's a weird one is you know it's not a jrpg but you can go anywhere right everybody's path is different because mm-hmm. it scales um you know, quite a bit. And so like, you know, you can go to any corner of of Hyrule and and explore there in whatever order you want, but that wouldn't really work as well in a, in a, Japanese RPG or an RPG that has a, a stronger sort of narrative um, well and they balance
3: difficulty it. in games in open world games like that too by <clears throat> letting you carry unlimited resources yeah. <laughs> so that yeah. way it's kind of like how much yeah, fish you have is this, in your pocket you have <laughs> these <laughs> monsters that can hit yeah, you yeah, yeah, for yeah. like X damage but you also can eat a thousand apples and yeah. recover it so like there there are so many ways that open world games have to navigate how they're gonna balance encounter difficulty because it is just yeah. so open because yeah. like it isn't like that linear progress of i'm going to go from like you said this city and power up to this yeah. theme power up, because there is no clear direction on how yeah. you do that
2: there's other games like sweet it in that just like you know you stop gaining experience essentially once you've Love hit the, le- the level of it like, so uh, much. Yeah. <laughs> you've process the same way right like you beat mm-hmm. a boss you get a star you level up until you're strong enough for the next area and then you have stuff like earthbound where once you've hit a level certain level you just start auto defeating enemies on the field mm-hmm. right and so like i do like those ways that that games say okay you're ready like there's no sense mm. in you know in grinding anymore just like push on you're strong enough is that a um, good
3: design because it not only does it like respect your time but it, like it lets you know we built the game yeah. so that you don't need this yes. anymore yes. like mm. keep going because you yeah. know that there are people and jason did this it's funny for final fantasy 5 when uh, we yeah. were in college okay. he had like four times speed and i you shit you this, not this one zone. he was in this the first cave <laughs> (laughs) and got to level 25 in the first cave just power and he's he's like i don't care about this game i just want to experience it because back then we didn't have that opportunity Uh but like you should as as a designer you shouldn't need to build a game so it's like that you should just have that natural flow Mm -hmm. where if the the direction is forward then help the people get there and the user skill sets get through
2: one really interesting example of that in like in a bad way i think i brought up lunar silver star story complete Mm -hmm. um earlier and it does the exact opposite the us version does the exact opposite that like the game and the narrative and the story is like really bubbly and kind and fun and wants to push you forward it's like really fast-paced but for the U.S. version, they upped the difficulty mm-hmm. tremendously, so it's a really one of the few times it games. actually
3: happened too. Yeah, mm-hmm.
2: and so like the whole like the the narrative pace is is really wants to push you forward, but the game at every turn is trying <laughs> to. die I'm dying to, on like, these slimes, man! Yeah. I can't get back. And <laughs> like you have to leave. It, you get halfway through dungeon, then you have to leave to like heal at mm-hmm. the end, buy more items, and it's like this grind that's like so antithetical to the the story's desire to push you forward. And I feel like that's yeah. one area. Like I love that game. But I was excited. I got a Saturn last year and an optical disc emulator so I can play the Japanese difficulty with the English text because that's a game where, like, you know, Vic Ireland and Working Designs, they really wanted you to, like, fight those battles, even though that's not the vibe of the game at all, right? Um, i mean
0: we all we all make mistakes even game designers you know yeah. it's almost it's almost
3: padding right like mm-hmm. i feel like padding, y- yeah. you can slap yeah, yeah. on you're getting your money's worth yep by adding this grinding padding to a game and i personally right. think that's insulting and that's where i don't blame a lot of people yeah. for feeling like you need to level up to yeah. play this game like i, I think, I, I think, I think it, it's silly
0: it's like gosh i feel like at the time like in the late 90s it was almost like the pinnacle of rpgs was how many hours did it take to beat it so like you could just pad it that way yeah yeah casey agrees and like it just feels so weird. Like, I don't know why I need to get a hundred hour RPG. If the game only takes like 50 hours, that's still pretty damn significant. And like, that should be really fun and enjoyable.
3: The two games that broke that it, and you said one of them was week in. And I think like, that's a really good example where like, you just never needed to grind in that game. And then paper Mario is the other one and casey oh, yeah. and i talked about that in our leveling up oh yeah episode we're like at some point yeah. encounter unless you just need the money to buy a few healing items encounters become irrelevant because it's the you same get like thing one as, little yeah, star each time you get <laughs> one little star if yeah. that because eventually mm-hmm. you just stop getting it and you can't level up anymore the game's like no you're good you're good level like you should be able to do it <laughs>
2: you need to leave so be on your yeah. way <laughs> 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 it's funny because in and like in one and, and paper mario on the 64 are the two like retro games i have like on the go like i'm mid playthrough of both of those yeah, and they, yeah, yeah. they do like they are snappy and they do respect the player's time and i think that's mm-hmm. intentional the thing is like i've also gone like over the course of writing this book and, and all these other uh features i've written i've gone back and played a bunch of retro jrpgs and like Japanese RPGs, like on the Super Nintendo and NES, they weren't that long. Like,
3: mm. no, they weren't. Not, like you Chrono know, like, pretty I, quick. I, yeah. Mm-hmm. Chrono
2: Trigger, I mean, I can beat Chrono Trigger really fast. Um, like 20
3: and 20. At Super Mario yes. RPG, you can yeah. beat it in 20 a clean, hours. clean, clean playthrough of Chrono yeah. Trigger
2: for me is 17 hours. I beat mm-hmm. Super Mario RPG in 14. You know, Final mm-hmm. Fantasy VI, I did a run through of that a couple of years ago, it was like 30 hours like and that was and like that's if you everything. do everything yeah that was like everything i could do like mm. all i had le- like the only thing i had left to do was like grind up all the magic spells like all the aspers on every character and, and like, what does that get you nothing <laughs> absolutely nothing and so like it really was so like sweetening came out and it's really snappy right it's 10 15 mm. maybe 20 hours tops um but i think that was just also the way of the genre at that point it was really yeah. once final fantasy 7 hit final fantasy 8 mm-hmm. xenogears like once they got the, the square <laughs> games moved into that 3d like really heavily like anime inspired realm that they started really bloating up uh and i think part of that is just like it just also takes longer to navigate through 3d game worlds right and that expectation right. that you know those games shipped on three discs or four discs. And that was always a big selling point, right? Like how big they yeah. were. And so like the longer they were, the the better was the perception. I was also, you know, you got one game a year, one Japanese RPG a year, <laughs> and like you had to yeah. milk it. So like back then I liked that. I liked, you know, spending 80 hours on Final Fantasy VII. But the last time I played it, it was 45 hours. Right. So like, you know, the way you approach it also changes, I think, mm-hmm. uh, as you get mm-hmm. older. But now every game is like 120 hours looking tears at you, persona kingdom, 5 elden ring persona <laughs> 5 yeah persona 5
3: right i pounded yeah. through tears of the kingdom i'm done and oh, yeah. like once i hit the second uh te- shrine temple yeah. whatever um i was like uh i think i I'm see- i've seen all i need to see yeah. so i'm just going to like go through the rest just of the game yeah. it. and mm-hmm. i still it still took me 74 hours to oh beat gosh. it.
2: Well, Jeez. I was like, I, I was playing the other day. I was like, you know, I've got like 50 shrines. I was like, this is, I feel like this game's quicker than than Breath of the Wild. Like, you know, I, th- I think, um, you know, I'm moving through it pretty fast. And then I went and looked at my playtime. It was like 45 hours. And I was like, uh-huh. how? Like, no. oh, well, damn. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> I was like, I, I thought I had 15 hours and 50 shrines. Mm-hmm. But, but yeah, it's a big one. Uh, but all games are like that. Like, I, it feels like every game, you know, Octopath Traveler 2 is like 80 hours. It feels like every game I have to set aside like huge chunks of time. And I don't have mm-hmm. time mm-hmm. to do that. Mm-hmm. It's hard.
3: So to wrap up this conversation <laughs> on encounters what I want to do is I want to fix a couple of games or series if this is a good for you guys and Casey I think I want to start with you so you can get first pick if you had to fix any of these RPGs to make the experience a little bit more meaningful or enjoyable what would you do which one um... What would you
1: fix my inclination and this is not gonna be a surprise i would really love (laughs) someone to redo it and and i know we had the remake of seven but i would love like a turn-based like fix fix final fantasy seven keep it turn-based i'm not i mean it's i don't Mm. think it's super i wouldn't say broken i don't think it's i just think there could be more intent and meaning behind it i'm not sure that i have an exact answer as to what that should be because i do think remake did a good job but i know a lot of fans myself included we're kind of hoping for a more turn-based experience and maybe we'll Ugh. see that <clears throat> in final fantasy 9 remaster remake whatever the heck they're doing over there at square with that but that's that i almost
3: feel like they did a good job balancing encounters at the very least for seven remake where like you're not often seeing the same oh yeah monster totally. pattern over and over and over like at the very least you are seeing like this monster and this guy and whatnot but that's that, that's kind of getting in that right god of war-ish
1: like we were talking mm-hmm. about mm-hmm. S- set up as opposed to regular and i do love yeah Rem- you're right i think you're right though i do love yeah. remake i think it's incredible um i just i just that part of me is just like i just kind of wish it it's stuck with turn-based let us stand in front of each other and take turns hitting each other with there, our there,
2: weapons there is that weird <laughs> final fantasy 7 remake that's still turn-based what is it called remember it's like still oh gosh it, it it incorporates oh. like for what is it called? Is, um, is it out yet? Ever crisis? it incorporates crisis? like ever
1: crisis. Ever crisis is I that what it's called? it's yeah. gonna. Yeah, I, th- I know what you're talking about. I don't think it's out yet, but no, it's not. But yeah, but I think I think it's gonna. That. It could it could be <laughs> that it's very like chibi little animated. Yeah, it still
2: is chibi. It still uses turn based. <laughs> oh, like, is,
1: that, is that kind of the same thing they did for Final
3: Fantasy fifteen? Yeah, with like so the modular? pocket version. Pocket of of the yeah. Weird. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, all right yeah. who's next Who, what other <laughs> what other games are we fixing or how are you fixing them
2: i'll go, go next I, i've got okay, an yeah. idea. <laughs> so like i one of the things i really like as i said earlier is just like narrative heavy jrpgs but i i often get bogged down if combat adds too much time and so i dropped off trails in the sky fc on the psp 10 years ago because you know i love the story i love the world i love the quests uh, but I, I the combat was just so slow in that game mm. uh the P, the vita version the pc version give fast forward which is great um i've been playing suikoden it's it's got fast combat but i just really want the story right so 2 two as well um those are like really narrative heavy games and one of the like most unique narrative heavy japanese rpgs that i can think of was Radiant Historia, which went and okay. the DS version yeah. was mm-hmm. cool, but then they re-released it on 3DS and gave you a mode that basically removed combat from the game. Yeah, no combat. um mm. And some people love the combat in the game. I didn't like it. I felt like it took too much time. It's I tedious. felt like you just yeah. it's super tedious. <laughs> yeah, every bat, like every combat like encounter was the same. You went through the same steps. Mm-hmm. There was a most efficient way to beat the battle through the moves you had and you just did it over and over and over yeah, again move so everything
3: together and then yeah. hit everything all at the same yeah. time yeah, yeah yes
2: exactly and so like they they knew that and they removed combat and you only fought boss battles and then turned it into basically like a visual novel and i thought it was mm-hmm. great and i feel like you could improve um, a lot of games by allowing people like you know something like trails in the sky take it from being a 40 hour rpg to being like a you know 25 30 hour like basically a visual novel and you have those big mm-hmm. emotional like showdowns boss battles because those are important in those games but get rid of all that like fighting the same enemies over and over and over again in combat that like takes too long um even with fast forward <laughs> and so to, you know like i'd love to see that system that radiant historia implemented in its remaster uh, brought into something like the ta- trails in the sky trails of cold steel series because combat, like, they aped and they took a lot from Grandia, which is great. Like, it's a good, if you're going to steal from any combat system, steal from Grandia. But yeah, it's, it's still just, it felt like, like, I don't really get why I'm doing so much fighting in those games. Like, it doesn't, mm-hmm. like, I get that you're bracers, but, like, why am I fighting snakes all the time? Right? <laughs> and so, like, I think, narratively, you could lose a lot of combat in those games, and it would still feel uh, appropriate. So that's what I would do. I would, I would uh, add a visual novel <laughs> mode to Trails in the Sky. Visual novel
0: flair is interesting. I never really thought about that, but I have to like reevaluate what I've played to see. Like what would I visual novel
2: It wouldn't work for everything. Like, no, there's lots of of games that it wouldn't work for at all. But I think Trails in the Sky would be a good one.
0: Patrick, you want to round us out here?
2: yeah
3: so dragon quest because we see the same monsters over and Mm. over and over again and like i love them and that is one of my favorite series but i think what i would do is reduce like 90 percent of the encounters and then make most of your encounters mini bosses and bosses that was kind of
2: like the second half of 11 was kind of like that and it was cool
3: oh yeah kind of i still feel like they didn't have enough of them
2: the third half of the final <laughs> yeah. <game. laughs> yeah 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 cuz you really yeah, don't yeah, have to yeah. you really He's don't great. have to
3: fight much in no. the third half of the game or third cuz you've fourth, killed everything third third twice third. at that point almost at third quarter but there's only no yeah. two yeah. parts the third it, it, part it was cool um, it did work well third trimester that. of dragon <laughs> quest <laughs> um it. but i would do that just because like i love seeing these iconic monsters but like mm-hmm. we see them a lot and we yeah. see different variations mm-hmm. of them so i think in dragon quest in general one of the things that i get most excited about on the flip side of encounters is boss battles. Yeah. Mm. And I because I think it is that true test of skill and what you've built. In fact, there's um I can't think of the name of it, but I played on PlayStation. It's basically an indie Dark Souls, but you only fight the bosses. You mm. don't fight anything. It might be called Eldest Souls maybe. <laughs> you don't fight mm. anything else. Um so there's no there's no grind. Like you yeah. get your you get your skill point from beating the boss and you get possibly any weapon and then you just kind of move on and you can do them any order. And I would want to see something like that in some of these games that are our high frequency encounter games because i mm-hmm. i do think like especially for how long dragon quest 11 is and assuming 12 is probably going to be like that too find some better ways to engage my time now that's being said i love the series and i will still play it but it mm-hmm. would be cool for to see them like not necessarily change it overall but sh- like shift that focus of hey we have some people that play games now and don't have 110 hours of combat to invest
0: no, my, my mind is just thinking now if that like what we call it dragon quest souls like a dragon quest game but soul style that mm, sounds amazing that like kind of running around that world that an- that's, that that's the game that would get direction? yeah that would get me into souls that's i mean what I would
3: more do. more dragon quest
0: content yeah in general. just dragon <laughs> quest in general period is also great hell yeah okay that was a long and in-depth conversation about encounters it was it was amazing though i appreciate it it's super cool hope you all enjoyed listening to it as well and you are all reminiscing about your favorite encounters too uh we are going to take another quick break i also need to refill my water so give me give me a hot minute uh but we want to hear your thoughts uh tell us what you think over on twitter and instagram we are at hey Gamer, and then we also have our discord too it is chatting up as we are at recording this right now people are talking about games it's, it's an amazing thing and we will be right back
3: part two of our podcast and as usual we play a little game with our guest and following up with our um episode with david vink which was our previous episode uh we thought it'd be really funny to do another would you rather because it went so well with him um his would you rather was all super nintendo focused ours is gonna be just revolving around funny encounters um For the sake of time for this episode, this time, instead of all of us chiming in about what we would do, I think what we're going to do, since there are four of us, is we're just going to target someone specifically and ask them, would you rather blah or blah so um casey since you have talked the least on this podcast you as per usual are going to Wow, calling him out <laughs> just
1: just my mo it's, it's cool all Your right h-o-m-o yes exactly all right um we'll start with you patrick Patrick, okay. All right. Would you rather suplex a train and Final Fantasy VI, or <laughs> suplex the Demon's Gate from the Temple of the Ancients? Ooh. I, um, I, I remember suplexing the Demon's Gate monster as Tifa, and I would thought this was, that was like the most ridiculous thing in the world. I
3: think suplexing a train is so much cooler to the point oh, where I've literally seen I mean, it's like, like a meme. web comics. <laughs> yeah, like the meme comics of it because they're so. It's like so insane to think about and i just played um a hack version of final fantasy 6 called brave new world oh i remember and you when you that. when you do it if you suplex the train there's no achievements for the game but a little message just pops up saying achievement of luck, a lock suplex train which i thought was really <laughs> cute That's fantastic. so absolutely would suplex that train hell yeah okay i will go next jason god here it comes. <laughs> Would you rather fight one hundred Rotata-sized Snorlaxes <laughs> or one Snorlax-sized
0: Rotata? <laughs> I mean, just the sheer <laughs> lunacy and fun of seeing one hundred small-sized Snorlaxes seems kind of amazing. Um, Very
1: small. <laughs> are they gonna
0: run and just like sleep on me like a cat would? That seems kind well, of you're, ideal. You're, to be you're fighting.
3: You're fighting them. So,
0: <laughs> okay. Uh, logistically thinking, or sorry. Logically thinking if they also weigh as much as, like, a Snorlax, that could be tough, but I'm still going to pick 100 little tiny Snorlaxes barreling towards me. Um, I just, I don't know. Honestly, the picture of that now sounds idealistic. It sounds like what I would want to do. <laughs>
2: like lay on top Isn't of them, Snorlax's, take a nap. Yeah. Isn't Snorlax's only thing that it's big and in the way? It's like, sleepy. Yeah, that, yeah, yeah. So yeah, it's <laughs> and in <of> the way. <laughs> so just like... And I, I, need, I need to cut, cut things away i was um, going
3: to yeah. do it with with blue slimes <laughs> but i was like wait but blue 100 blue slimes is just a, king slime, yeah, a so king's that slime. Yeah. that's yeah, a king's <laughs> Yeah, there you
2: go so casey would you rather see a monster coming or would you have, rather have one randomly jump out at you from the dark mm. if you're dungeon crawling random encounters Overall. Define coming. Enemy in the
1: field. <laughs> 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 Don't listen to him. Patrick <laughs> his dirty, dirty mind. Um, I would rather see it coming. You, 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 if like, yeah. if I'm like imagining me as Casey and not like as an avatar in a video game, because <laughs> yeah. I'm a scaredy cat, little bitch. Um, <laughs> oh my gosh. <laughs> I would. I would rather. I would rather see it coming 112 percent.
3: I literally thought that you were going the dirty route <laughs> so emphatically when you said coming. I was like, "Oh no. You, awesome. you have would, Patrick humor." Why would that
0: Why would that be the thing he would say? I don't
1: <laughs> why, <laughs> We don't know Aiden that welcome, well. Welcome maybe maybe Gamer. he has dirty humor like Patrick.
0: <laughs> okay, Aiden. Um I feel like this is a, an easy one, but I it was going to give me a sense of how of what type of person you are. Um would you rather be able to transform into a dragon like Ryu from Breath of Fire or would you rather have the power to transform into one of those little one-up mushrooms from Super Mario RPG?
2: Oh gosh, like are we talking Dragon Quarter cuz that like that doesn't go good if Ryu <laughs> transforms into a dragon Just very often.
0: Good point. Die. How about how about how about Breath of Fire 3 specifically?
2: Uh, okay, yes, 3. Transform into a dragon for sure and then like confuse myself by trying to fuse with other dragons, endlessly. <laughs> Fair enough. Yeah, I, I don't. I like eating mushrooms. I don't want to be eaten as a mushroom.
0: Oh, okay. see, yeah. I was thinking you would like, you know, be safe in like mushroom form. But wow. I didn't think about being eaten. I guess yeah, that's you, true.
2: Yeah. That's what that's you what just kind of I mean. sit there. Should you not watch what the I, Mario I movie? I, you get you get stuck <laughs> in a, a box, a golden box, yeah, right. Just, just, just waiting, and just waiting to, to get hit <laughs> uh, out by somebody. <laughs> what a
1: sad existence.
3: <laughs> so. Casey. Yes, sir. Would you rather fight all of the Silent Hill <clears throat> bosses back to back
1: from just the first or game or the whole
3: all of the, the, whole, the Silent Hill whole, bosses back to back or all of the Resident Evil bosses back to back? Wow, why do you got to be like that? Oh, that's so good.
1: Back to back. Silent Silent Hill's going to be a a little bit more mind fucky. So I feel like that would like really mess with my brain. I mean, there are fewer re- of them though. True. Am I me <laughs> or am yeah, yes. You, you I? Yes. You are Casey. You are, you are Casey. <laughs> I Casey. Was, oh, maybe I will go silent Hill. Cause there's always, I mean, half, <laughs> not half. I'm, that's me assuming, but I feel like sometimes like it's not real. It's just in your head. So, so maybe we'll go that route because resident evil, those things exist. Silent Hill. It's, it's a little more in your brain
0: casey is casey is
3: metagaming
1: the game yeah i mean (laughs) i mean he's he's him so he's
3: allowed to Mm, yeah
1: Yeah, so so maybe i would go the silent hill route all right um i mean this is a question that you don't have to include i just jason i forget are you a big resident Mm. evil person yeah i played him i played a lot okay i thought so okay jason okay would you rather have to punch your way through a boulder (laughs) a la chris redfield but you are jason or would you rather have to (laughs) to to fight nemesis in the police station oh
0: shit um i just think out of uh i don't know it would be really cool to be like i'm jason the guy that literally punched through the boulder <laughs> yeah. um but volcano. i know i have very i have very weak hands um but can i like prep do i know the boulder is coming
1: uh, sure yeah i still don't know that'll help okay. you but I mean, sure
0: okay not not a <laughs> so random boulder.
1: encounter a boulder what are you asking <laughs> random, yeah that's what,
0: that's what i'm thinking like do i walk in the boulder is just there hi, or hi, do, hi, do i know hi, like eventually i'm gonna have to approach this boulder <laughs> um okay I think I think I would still punch the boulder because it sounds kind of amazing, and then I would get through my my real life gains of being like I want to be more fit. So this seems like a great a great win win.
1: You'll probably get in like the Guinness Books uh, Guinness Book of World Records yeah, for see? or some shit.
0: Just slap on <laughs> that world record and that's just, the just the <laughs> in your Instagram.
3: <laughs> yeah, the bloody
0: snuggles indeed. Most bones shattered in a hand. <laughs> right, exactly. Exactly. One punch um Patrick, I got one for you, okay? Uh okay. Uh, this one is a little complicated. Okay, Patrick, I have one for you. Are you ready? Yes. You're not ready. Uh, Would you rather have your mind... (laughs) Final Fantasy VI. (laughs) No, I I had to prep him early. That's why he knows. Uh, Would you rather have your mind wiped completely clean of having played Chrono Trigger or Final Fantasy IV or Final Fantasy VI, knowing that you can play them all again very fresh, but you can only choose one of them to replay and the rest you will never experience at all in your entire life? Jesus.
3: Um... Aiden's probably not gonna like this very much, but I would be completely okay with uh Final Fantasy VI being the one that
0: I replay. So you pick six, and then in, in Patrick's world, he will never see, hear, experience, or watch four or chrono trigger. Correct.
3: I feel like I don't think I would be able to live without six because of how much it's defined my life. Now that's not <laughs> saying that like I do think six or chrono trigger is the better game, but like six has mm-hmm. really defined my life and my gaming, That's so fair. Like, I, don't okay. I, could, I don't think I could. I could only think of it. And Final Fantasy at, at Four made me cry. <laughs> yeah, Or no. My parents divorced when Four was out, and <laughs> there's a whole edge scene with the parents dying. And I remember crying on the couch. My brother is playing, and he's like, "Why are you sobbing, bitch?" And I'm like, in a third grade, <laughs> shut <he's> up. Crying <laughs> on <the couch>. So <laughs> yeah,
1: Four can go.
0: <laughs> okay. I, I was I was like I don't know if you pick six or Chrono Trigger, so okay, okay,
1: cool, cool. Um, a long time ago, we had a podcast about video game weapons and that's obviously (laughs) that was your first episode right maybe yeah maybe i don't really remember but uh, obviously that's like a big part of encounters so would you rather fight a horde of monsters uh your choice but they have to be like difficult and you don't have to like give me an answer but like something hard not like blue slimes with either would you rather have a giant frozen tuna as your weapon or a giant cheese grater
2: a cheese grater
1: it's from yakuza Yakuza (laughs) like a dragon would
2: thaw yeah, yeah, the tuna would thaw, would it? right?
1: <laughs> I don't know. Yeah.
2: Perhaps it's a magical
0: tuna that will it's always a be mag- frozen. magical. Frozen. <laughs> <laughs> it's like a in Shadow Shadow hearts, up. hearts
2: or whichever. <laughs> I'm strong to pick up a frozen tuna.
0: <laughs> that's <laughs> fair. I've seen
2: some nasty. I've seen some nasty YouTube
0: videos with uh, you drew the stop. Was like, oh, no matter a hundred slimes coming at me, but that tuna's gonna <laughs> that thaw t-
1: out. T- <laughs> 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 I thaw
2: out before I yeah. even a hundred mm-hmm. slimes, let alone. But if you were fighting the hundred
3: slimes, I bet you wish you had the tuna because the cheeseburger is probably not gonna.
1: Ooh, yeah, they're kind of liquidy. Oh man. Yeah, would cheese just grater, right grater on jello? It. Just uh, But just I mean like if he's jello. It's
0: magical jello. It's like, jello. like <laughs> <laughs>
3: yeah. reforms.
2: Yeah. yeah. I don't know. I I think I'm screwed either way, aren't <laughs> you? Yeah, that's, that's the real. Damn that's you, right, you yeah. blue slime. Cheese Grater. I see I saw too many horrifying cheese grater stories in my that's wayward <laughs> youth uh youthful you days go. on the internet, so got to go with the uh the cheese grater. Good, Good choice. you guys trying to sway me. <laughs> okay, uh Patrick Yes. you are in the most regrettable sequel of all time jason's in it isn't
3: he what
2: no, <laughs> no, <probably>. just... <laughs> <laughs> the most regrettable sequel of all time you're going into an encounter are you going to choose do you want experience or do you want gold can't have both gotta choose
3: this is a terrible sequel game yeah um i am 100 okay with there being no experience in a game
2: oh really uh, level one level one yeah. run
3: uh yeah those are doable there's a lot of uh like you watch a lot of playthroughs of games which yeah. is like <laughs> z- like zero levels uh a lot of bravely default videos yeah on oh, that. I, can,
2: I can see that i can see that
3: i don't i don't think i like i, I enjoy equipment a lot in games too yeah so that'd be that'd be hard yeah but that, that, that one, the that's that
2: would yeah. do you know do you guys any of you guys know the context for that no no lunar dragon song on the no, nintendo the ter- ds ter- terrible is a, is a third lunar uh it's a sequel I it's, had so it. yeah, so it's so bad yeah so bad <laughs> so bad um oh that's you right had, you, had, you had, to pick. had to choose you, you had, had to, to pick. pick you could get gold or you could get like experience. each battle or like each battle okay yeah i think you could yeah. toggle on the bottom it was on ds so i think you could toggle from mm-hmm. battle to battle but yeah you Weird. could you couldn't get both you could either grind for gold or you could grind for experience so like i i wanted to bring it up earlier when we were talking about like bloat in games and that was like that was that's so silly yeah. <laughs> that was a game too that like even back then had like a speed up like animation speed up toggle and it's like like guys, they knew you, it like, was bad <laughs> you, know, you have to put in a speed up toggle yeah like and you're gonna make me fight double the, the battles like just make them faster and let me get yeah. experience in gold anyway but on gold, the flip side it's also
3: the game that if you are running on the yes, map I, it damages you like i don't remember <laughs> talking remember about the one episode yeah yes. yeah but you uh, like when you, you run yeah. you lose hp so yeah there's yeah. just the yeah. Poor, yeah. poor design any, game any
2: like anybody studying game design you got to play that just no, do God, anything, I, I, everything, I, everything the opposite like speaking of games of so white like memory
3: that would be the one that i would that's well the one about. you want to yeah just get rid of that one that's one of the first games i've ever played and i've been like this is a bad game and i never wanted to play it again did you beat it yeah, it's it's awful no i did not. Beat I good. beat it. Oh, I'm <laughs> so sorry. Oh, yeah.
2: I don't know why. Yeah. I love Lunar. I love Lunar too. Yeah, I know.
3: I love Lunar as well, because it's a good series, but not that game.
0: is not the one. <laughs> okay, Casey, you ready for this? Yes, uh okay. <clears throat> Would you rather play an all white mage run in the original NES version of Final Fantasy hmm. or just play It'll through the <laughs> or just play through the regular game of Mystic Quest?
1: I feel bad saying this. I don't really know a lot about Mystic Quest, so I'm gonna go with that because I love a surprise sometimes, and give, give me give me a surprise. It, it has awesome music.
2: That's I, amazing. The yeah, music is like really good. <laughs> I know, amazing. I know it exists,
1: but I really know yeah. very little about any of it.
2: It's got like basic puzzle solving in the mm-hmm. dungeons. It's it's not bad. It's not as it's bad not as bad.
0: Lunar Dragon Song. It's
3: yeah. far
2: far better than Lunar Dragon Song. Is it better than Quest Is it better 64? or worse?
0: Oh, uh, okay. Well, let's I mean nothing is actually better than the pinnacle of all games. You're so favorite. how dare you compare it to Quest 64. So I had to bring no, It obviously.
3: is it is much better than Quest 64. It's, it's like it's it's honestly, a game. It's a, like it just yeah. it's a game. Like it's, it's a, not a it's, it's a not a great game. It's not yeah. a bad game. It's, it's just fine. a game. Yeah. All right. I will wrap this up with Aiden. I have a question for you. And this one I wrote specifically for you, not even knowing that we were doing this, but this one, my dude, would you rather fight Lavos from Chrono Trigger with a full party with all starting equipment or with just one character? Oh, well,
2: I've yeah i've beat lavos lots with just chrono so i'm going with that one yeah. oh so what you that were saying is flex, what yeah. i heard is you are not
3: man enough to do it with all starting no. coming which would have been the real flex
0: wow yeah. that's we wanted to come back <laughs> don't you <be> mean
2: <laughs> i don't know i think i think that would be just as easy honestly in chrono trigger Probably. magic's so strong like it i don't, don't rely mm-hmm. on equipment um that much in that game um So Lumina Lumina Lumina. Yeah, you yeah, exactly. You just blast flare and stuff. (laughs) Like I think you'd be fine. He
3: would he doesn't even need a sword. He could just use his hair.
2: A mop. Yeah, Yeah, there you go. Take down lavos with a mop.
3: (laughs) There you go. All right. Well, Aiden, this was a great episode. That was a fun to This was a super good time. Yeah. Um want to give yourself an opportunity to let our listeners know where they can find you yeah. and your content and where they can also pick up your book.
2: Yeah. So I'm out and about, uh, on the internet as we all are. I'm, uh, regrettably still on Twitter at a dribble of ink, which is, uh, a D R I B B L E O F I N K like a dribble of ink on a piece of paper. Um, and you can find me at my website which is my name aidenmoher.com i have a newsletter called astrolabe uh which is about um everything everything geeky it's about you know Video games is about movies, it's about books, it's about science fiction, fantasy, it's about writing, it's uh, it's about a little bit of everything. I do interviews there, I do features, I do uh, each issue, so it's an issue-based newsletter and each issue I, I go back and I I play an old retro game uh, and kind of give thoughts on that, a little review, recommend books, stuff like that, that's that's called Astrolabe. Um, and my book is available anywhere books are sold. So you can get it at your, you know, favorite mega online retailer uh if you have one of those but you can also and what i like to recommend is um go to your local bookshop um in your town and if they don't have it on the shelf they can order it in as well yeah Um, i found it at a a local local game shop which
1: is really cool that's
2: awesome yeah i'm so happy to hear that um because there's, there's such great crossover with with those audiences and and a few people have told me they got it at like a, a game shop or a comic shop which is which is awesome so um, I, yeah anywhere, i got a, i bought a copy too
0: can... and it was also at our local library i was oh, like ooh, yeah they have it here. fantastic it they don't have yeah. it
2: at my local library which <laughs> forever saddens me but i have too <laughs> uh, much of an ego to like recommend or like uh, request it myself drop so it, it so off it i feel like mean. you earned that right if you have a, <laughs> yeah, you yeah. a book published you definitely yeah, guess,
3: earn that right <laughs> I should get a,
2: I should get my mom to do it. She'll do it in a in a second, but, uh, but yeah, you can get it anywhere books are sold. Um, it's called Fight Magic Items: The History of Final Fantasy, Dragon Quest, and the Rise of Japanese RPGs in the West. I have another book that I just finished writing the first draft of. It's going to my editor soon. It will. Appeal to anyone who likes Japanese RPGs, the history of Japanese RPGs, and uh, my first book as well. I can't talk about it yet. Uh, it will be announced soon, maybe before this episode comes out. I'm not sure, um, but uh, but yeah, keep an eye on my Twitter, my newsletter, my my website, and you'll uh, you'll hear about it uh, right away as soon as I can talk about it.
3: Well, again, thank you so much for being here. Like again, we would love to have you back on in the future.
2: Yeah, this is this has been so much fun. It's so good to talk to people like about this stuff. I don't, uh, I don't always get to in real life. You know, <laughs> you get to nerd um, out together. And so, like, you know, anytime talking about games with people who love games as much or more than I do is just, it's the best. This is awesome.
0: It certainly was awesome. Thank you so much. Really, really appreciate it. And uh, I'll reiterate one more time to our fans and listeners listening. Uh, we want to hear your thoughts, too. Tell us your favorite encounters, your least favorite encounters. Uh, what, are your, what are your fun thoughts on our game that we played, too? Uh, Twitter and Instagram, at HeyRPGamer. We'll respond to you there. And then also on Discord. We always love hearing your thoughts. Um, and a special shout-out to all of our patrons. Uh, they get their questions answered here, too. We have a special Patreon. Uh, channel for them to talk about games just with those special patrons and uh you can support us there patreon.com slash rpgamer um anything we do there all that support we really really do appreciate and we love all of the uh, love and support you give us
3: if you enjoyed listening to us today be on the lookout for our next podcast the castlevania series what coming up in two weeks we appreciate you all for listening and hope you had a great time now go out there and get gaming